Welcome to Rethinking Leadership, where we're serving fresh ideas over coffee, because nothing happens before coffee. I'm Jackie Lesser. And I'm Dee Yarrison. Grab your favorite mug and let us fill you up. Good morning, Jackie. Hi, Dee. Do you have your coffee? I do have my coffee. Second cup. Me too. (laughs) So what are we going to talk about today? That would be really cool to talk about the need to be right Mm. and how the need to be right doesn't feel right. Yeah. It feels anything but right. (laughs) That's the truth. I had once heard, well, I'd heard this many more times than once, uh, that you can either be right or you can be happy. And I, I have to admit that I thought that was ridiculous. I thought that when you are right, you are oh, happy. Yes, I'm happy when I'm right. I'm happy sure. when I'm right. And what I've learned since then is that what it takes to be right, you have to defend yourself, you have to maybe be combative, maybe you have to be competitive to be right. That actually doesn't serve the relationship at all. And it doesn't leave any room for anyone else's ideas. Or input. Yeah. That's fascinating that being right does not actually lead me to happiness because as you said, I may be, and maybe this isn't always, but I may be pushing to be right or insisting that I'm right, combative, making my point too many times, not listening to the other person. I'm trying so hard to be right that I'm not happy. The other person's certainly not happy. And um, wow, being right, big deal. That feels wrong. It does. Yes. (laughs) I know that I am not alone in the deep, in the deep desire at times to need to be right. I think it's, it's, it's universal and well, maybe not everybody, but most people uh, that, that I know at some one point or another enjoy the, the feeling, the momentary bliss, and even maybe even the argument uh, that could be required, uh, you know, on a scale, like on a continuum of, of how to get to be right. You know, we delight in being right. Yeah. Well, you know, so I want to, I just want to add on to what you said about being universal. I, yeah, I don't know if it's universal either. And I do think though, when I think about um, the hierarchy of needs and how us human beings are wired. We know that it's so important for us to be valued, to feel like we're making a contribution, to belong, to be approved of, right? So that, you know, that may lead us to the need to be right. And where I think it goes, starts to go wrong is when we need to be right, when I need to be right, and I do that by making someone else wrong. Yeah. So, so there's this way that I can add value, I can contribute, I can, you know, have a great idea. Then in those times when I, maybe somebody doesn't see it that way or disagrees or needs clarification and I start to feel defensive, there becomes this sense of uh, force, a sense of dis-ease in the relationship because I'm wanting to prove that I'm right. So anyway, I think we're, I think there is probably a, a part of it that comes from a universal need that we all have, which is good and healthy, and it pe- can become unhealthy when my need to be right is making you wrong. It's right, in the it making the other wrong. Yeah, yeah. It the compromises relationship. the relationship. Yeah. Because I think the relationship, and we've talked about this before, but I think the relationship is paramount. So 
Uh, that doesn't mean ever compromising the other person or compromising yourself. That's how you know uh, you've gone too far. If it's if it's compromising the space between the two of you, yes. uh, then you know that, yeah, you've kind of gone over. Uh, and I think, too, yeah. um, you, you mentioned the need for approval. You know, I'm thinking about work and I'm thinking about a client that I'm working with now. And I think that, you know, certainly this happens in families all the time. And I'll tell you another story about that. But I think at work, everything rests, rides on you being good and approved of and right. That's how you get promoted. That's how you essentially get uh, rewarded monetarily, uh, recognized, you know, by your peers and by the people that you report to. So being right, that's what we're taught to do. We're taught you have to be good and you have to be right. Otherwise, why why are we paying you? That's right. Yeah. So for the story that I was thinking about, I have a client and she's an executive at an organization that has a pretty small um, executive team. There's a lot of interaction between these people, you know, between the team. And there's a, there's another person that she butts heads with all the time. And he's very micro-management-oriented. Orient, and she's more laissez-faire, or appears to be more laissez-faire in her style. And when she trips up, he delights in that. He cannot wait to let the CEO know that mm. that's why she, you know, messed up because of her laissez-faire. And when he micromanages a situation or in a meeting, if he doesn't get it, quote unquote, right, mm-hmm. she delights mm-hmm. in, you know, in his failure, you know, that, that justifies her, la- you know, quote unquote, laissez-faire style. I was right. He was wrong and can't wait to let other people know that that's what's going on. Yeah. Wow. I think that happens a lot. Even if it's not um, verbalized, like I can't wait to go and tell someone that, right. you know, that I'm right and you're wrong. I think we think that, don't we think? I mean, if we were honest, you know, I think, see, I knew that wasn't going to work. Should have listened to oh, my gosh. idea. I was right. Mm. I'm pretty sure that that happens all the time. <laughs> it It does. And not only that, but I know even just personally, like I was, I was with, I was with Dave and his mom and we were driving and he was driving over the speed limit and his mom was just telling a story about slow down, Dave. Sometimes there's cops in the area, you know, I don't want you to get stopped by the police. And I was also saying, Dave, slow down. And he just looked at the two of us like with daggers. I'm driving. You know, don't tell me how to drive. I'm perfectly fine without the two of you. You know, like that kind of thing. And we get to the top of the hill and he looks one way, looks the other way, kind of rolls through the stop sign and there's a cop and... (laughs) (laughs) So the cop stops us and the, the, the whole thing ensues. But after we drove off, I was literally like sitting on my hands and biting my tongue. You know, I wanted to say, see, you never know when a cop is going to be around. And I think his mom wanted to say something too. Just so interesting, the timing that I didn't think that being right 
was actually going to help the relationship. I didn't think me saying anything like, see, I told you that wouldn't, that wasn't going to add anything. (laughs) I was not, right? I was not. Not anything good anyway, right? Exactly. I was not going to be a contribution to the conversation or to the relationship. And that's how I knew I shouldn't say anything. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking, we're talking about this idea how we all can carry that feeling, wanting to be right, and it doesn't always feel right. And I'm, I was just wondering, you know, okay, so what? Um, why does this matter? You know, and you, you just said something really important there. You said earlier that it puts something impure in the space between us and our relationship. I, I like to think of it as a, the water between us, like it gets muddy, it gets murky, right? If I'm putting in, even if I'm not saying it out loud, if I'm putting in that, see, I told you so. I knew I was right. I knew your idea wasn't going to work. I knew you should have slowed down. Right? I know, I know, I'm right. That's felt. It's felt in the relationship. And we may not be able to articulate that feeling, but in the case maybe of those people on the management team, and I can think of other people that I'm in relationship with where sometimes you know when, oh, so-and-so's going to stop by today or there's a meeting and so-and-so's going to be there. Ugh. There's just that little, ugh. You know, why is that? Because I'm carrying into the space in the relationship this something feels, you know, hard or impure or difficult in the relationship because maybe we haven't always been relating with each other in ways that allow us to understand each other or um, with humility, but it's more about being right. So, so what? Why are we talking about this today? I think that's a big one, you know, that our relationships start to feel, eh. And to tell you the truth, when I try to be right, when I need to be right, if I get to be right, when I get to be right, it lasts <laughs> about 30 seconds. And inevitably, I'll just think to myself, oh, why did I have to say that? Why did I have to go there? Yeah. Did that contribute to, to, my, right. to strengthen the relationship between me and my coworker, between me and my client, between me and my husband? No. And guess what? You know, as adults, we actually have the ability to decide in the moment what we're going to do, whether we're going to react and succumb to the 30-second delight of being right, or whether we're going to serve the relationship Yeah, and, you know, allow whatever's happening to unfold. I mean, inevitably, when something happens and there's a consequence, No one needs anybody else to remind them that they did something wrong or that they, yeah, right? No one needs any reminder. It's it's salt in the wound. That's right. Yeah. I love that you said it's not going to serve the relationship. That 30 seconds of delight for me at some cost to the relationship is just not worth it. If we really do believe that our relationships matter more than a particular task of the moment, you know, a particular decision in a meeting. Maybe it wasn't the way I would have decided. This operating belief that our relationships are always more important, that's a big so what, is just being in right relationship with ourselves and with others, whether they're in our family or in our organizations. And I know that that's something that is a theme of this whole podcast is really all about being in right relationship because that's something that you and I both feel very strongly about. I think also that What ends up happening is, I've seen this countless times, how 
companies will not thrive if the relationships are not thriving. So we don't need to have like a bunch of different people walking around with separate agendas. If everybody needs to be right, we're going to have a tough time out there in, in the world of commerce. Yes. I had a situation today, earlier today, where one of my clients was called out as wrong by his boss. Instead of having a conversation with the boss, he's decided that he's just going to be vindictive. Oh, I'll show him. I'll show him what team player is. I'll show him what team player looks like. He doesn't think I'm a team player? Oh, I'll show him. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Now, now the relationship between he and his boss, murky. Yeah. What's going to happen within the team? I mean, God only knows, but we're going to, luckily, we're going to talk more about it this afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. So much energy can get spent on the the vindictive behavior. Just even the thinking, you know, uses up so much of our limited energy that can be better applied in so many different ways. And I'll tell you, I think a key undervalued, maybe under still undervalued leadership skill is humility. You know, that humility to be able to hear feedback that might sound like you were wrong or you didn't make the best decision there, or I would have liked you to have done something different. Or, you know, hey, I don't think you're being a team player right now. Just the humility to stop and consider that. I totally agree with you on the humility piece. And in this case, my client was actually being a team player, but the his boss didn't know the whole story. Rather than say, hey, I think there's been a misunderstanding. Yeah. Let, let me share the rest of what's gone on. He just took offense to it and decided to be vindictive. So, you know, obviously serving the relationship, serving what's yeah. highest and best for all concerned is an outcome that could give direction to whether or not you need to be right. And whether that's in a family, in a community, and at school, uh, with friends, or certainly in the meeting room, uh, the same holds true. You know, your need to be right is ultimately going to make somebody else wrong and doesn't necessarily serve the relationship. That doesn't mean that if somebody is talking about something and you have a value that they're stepping, you know, that's being stepped on, it doesn't mean you don't voice your opinion. It doesn't mean you don't say what's true for you. I think that what we're trying to say is that catching someone being wrong or that needing to be right to make that more important than the relationship will ultimately eat away at the integrity of the relationship and you you won't be happy. You know, it's hard to be happy. It's hard to be happy like that. That's right. Yeah. And as we started out saying, it just doesn't feel right. So what do we do? Yeah. Um, Let's talk about some tips. So what we can do when we recognize in the moment, oh, wait a minute, I see what I'm doing here. I I want to be right. I know that you and I would, well, I, I imagine that you would agree. Um, oftentimes we'll notice things that feel out of whack for us in our body first. So I might notice that I'm starting to feel anxious. Usually for me, I can feel it in my stomach and I'm closing. My heart feels closed. My mind, I can literally feel my mind closing as I recognize what I'm doing, what's happening in my body. That's my cue to pause and move out of that idea of I need to be right. So so what do we do? I know you have a couple tips for us here. You know, my first tip is always the same tip, which is start to breathe. Start, mm-hmm. to, start to signal 
your parasympathetic nervous system, letting your body know I'm not being attacked. I start to breathe and I can relax. I can calm down. Yeah. So I can't do anything from a place of anxiety. Can't do anything good from a place of high tension, lots of anxiety. You know, I don't, I'm not being attacked by a lion or a bear, so I don't have to run for my life. I'm in a conversation. Mm -hmm. So the best, the first thing that, that I always recommend is take a deep breath. Right. The second thing is to let it be okay how I feel. Let how I feel be okay. So even if it's like, oh, really, really want to be right, let it be okay that you want to be right. You don't have to act on it. You know, let it be okay that you feel insecure about somebody else being right. Or let it be okay that you feel resentful that this person is always trying to be right. Or let it be okay that you feel put upon or aggravated or whatever's got you triggered. Let it just be okay. It doesn't have to change how you see yourself. Yeah, and I think what we're doing there, when you're letting it be okay, you're also acknowledging what it is. You're acknowledging how you feel. You're articulating. So as we're calming down my nervous system and my brain, I'm able to look inward for a moment and let it be okay. So I'm letting that feeling be okay. Wow, I feel resentful right now. I notice that right now I am really, really want to be right and I want this other person to be wrong. So there's an acknowledgement of how I'm feeling. We want to move out of the the energetic. The thing that keeps you in that energy is your judgment. So if I'm going to judge myself on how I feel, then I'm going to stay there. If I just leave the judgment to the side and I just say, you know what? I feel resentful as all get out. Just just let it be okay. And that's okay. It's not going to last I'm just going to let it be okay. That's just how I feel right now. I don't have to act on it, but I also don't have to push it away. I don't have to eject it or reject it. I don't have to make it different. And it doesn't mean I'm bad. That's right. I might feel bad, but it doesn't mean that I'm bad or that I'm not a good person or I'm not a team player or I'm not a good coworker or I'm not a good boss. I'm not a good mother. It doesn't mean anything. And it doesn't have to change how you see yourself. It's important just to let it be there. Yeah. I mean, in fact, what it does do is it helps you to become more self-aware of your own feelings and emotions. And only then can we decide if that's a feeling that's serving me or not and move to a place of choice. And take care of yourself. Yes. If, you, if you're if you feeling resentful, you know, if, if I have this really intense feeling and I do some breathing and I just let it be okay how I'm feeling, then at least you know, it almost happens like I'm observing the part of me that's feeling the resentment. It's almost like I can take care of her. It's mm-hmm. okay. It's okay. It's okay that's that you right. feel this way. So I don't have to change anything. Um, I just have to let it be okay. So that's step number two. Let mm-hmm. it be okay how you feel. The step number three would be to notice how I'm feeling in my body. Notice what's happening as I move from that reactive thinking place to making, you know, letting it be okay, taking my breaths and just notice what's happening in my body, how the energy tends to, oftentimes for me, it will start to dissipate, will start to lessen the intensity of my feelings, will start to lessen as I acknowledge them and allow them to be okay. They tend to stop having the same amount of intensity or hold over me, which allows me then to 
respond. And that would be the last step is to then choose wholeheartedly, openheartedly how I want to respond, what I'm going to do, what I'm going to say. And I can make that choice with my whole brain and all my senses about me and very intentionally. I can be intentional as opposed to reactive. Yeah, and I think uh, you know one point to make with with these tips is that they're not necessarily going to happen in a thirty second time frame, or in a five minute time frame, or even in a five hour time frame. Like, take your time; it's okay. You know, the breathing obviously has to happen pretty quickly if you want to start to move the energy and letting it be okay how you feel. That's another really helpful immediate step. You know, noticing how you feel may take, like you were saying, Dee earlier when we were talking about this, just, you know, you're going to self-reflect throughout the day, notice, noticing how you feel. And maybe you're not going to get back to this person or not come back to that conversation until tomorrow or until next week. Yeah. Or, you know, this is not, it doesn't have to happen in a particular time frame. That's right. And as I move through these steps for myself, if I am sitting at the table in a meeting with someone and I recognize what I'm doing in the moment is it allows me right then and there to be able to start listening more fully as I get out of the intense feelings going on in my head and heart by taking the breaths and beginning to acknowledge what's happening for me, I'm opening the space, I'm creating space to be able to listen in a different way. You know, now I'm listening with the intent to understand, hopefully, you know, I'm going to move to listening with the intent to understand this person, as opposed to just listening with the intent to respond and as you said, you know, I may, I, what I may come to in that moment is I need to get out of this room for a few minutes and I want to come back to this later and then I can express that need in a way that is respectful. Right. And I think I, I want to make one final point and that is about just coming back to relationship. And that is that any time you are in service of the highest and best for that relationship, you're serving yourself as well. Because I think for me, I used to think, well, why can't I be happy and right at the same time? Do I have to compromise my feeling right so that I can make somebody else happy? No, mm -hmm. no, right. that's not what I'm saying. What we're talking about is when you're in service of right relationship, anything you put into the space between you, you're also taking out, you're receiving. So the giving and the receiving is the same. And that's why we're emphasizing the, um, you know, serving the relationship so that there's room for what you have to say and how you feel and what you think about and how the other person feels about something, what they have to say about it. So as we close today, we're inviting you to pay attention to yourself and to notice when you may in fact be needing to be right or perhaps you're finding yourself being triggered by somebody else's need to be right. And in that moment when you notice pause and breathe and then look within and become aware of what you're feeling and then simply let that feeling be okay we want you also to notice how the energy in your body changes as we start to just accept and let our own feelings be okay there's an opening that occurs an opening in our minds and our hearts creating the space where we're now able to choose to choose how we want to respond. So we're moving ourselves into a place of responsiveness and away from reactivity. So that's the invitation for you today. We're so glad that you were here with us today, listening to Rethinking Leadership, serving fresh ideas over coffee. You can connect with Jackie Lesser on JackieLesser.com and you can connect with me, Dee Yarrison, at 
EssentialShiftNow.com. And we'll see you next time.